Welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. We're a baseball podcast. Coming to you a little later in the week this week. And we've got a guest. Uh, really excited about uh, about this one. He's the, he's a former uh, employee of Fangraphs, The Athletic, and uh, the KBO. It's uh, Sungmin Kim. How's it going? Great, and you, you nailed my name. Like, I think that was... <laughs> That might, I'm guessing that might have been your first time ever trying to, or just pronouncing my name in general. And well, the thing is that my name is pretty easy to pronounce compared to many other Korean names. So, <laughs> all right, well, good. I'm sure you still get it wrong a lot, though. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that. There are people who, I don't know, there are, it's extreme minority of people who refuse to even say it for some reason. And oh, and there, there's there's also that reporter with almost the exact same name as you. Yes. Um. That's literally the only reason why that we know each other. <laughs> and I, I have a story about that, and I can tell you to you right now. I can wait until later. Yeah, go for it. All go right. So, uh, by the way, if anyone's listening and if anyone's hearing sipping, it's because I'm drinking coffee right now because it's 8 a.m. Uh, anyways. We, we, we appreciate your commitment to the pod. 2013, I was... That was my first senior year. I did two senior years, so I was I I was a su- super senior at one point. But 2013 was my first senior year of college, and I had an internship at local DC radio WJP 103.5. I think Lauren might know. Yeah, and I was their sports intern. But so I, you know, the routine was that I would go into the newsroom. I would um I would get some uh, audio clips to you know cut, edit, whatever, and that would just go straight into the air. But uh, so one day I walked in and they like some someone in the audio room or whatever was calling my name or I thought it was my name Sungmin Kim. We are having Sungmin Kim live on air, and I was like, wait, I'm an intern and I just got here. What? And no one told me that I'm gonna get an interview. What is what's going on here? And I panicked for like a good minute or so, but turned out but turned out um it wasn't me and it was some it was a lady uh talking on. Like the speaker was, I mean, she wasn't there, but um, obviously it's radio, so I guess she phoned in. Uh, but that, that's when I didn't panic, learned that there's someone in the area, a reporter in the area with a very similar name as mine. And I don't know, I, I was a very extroverted person in that time of college, so I just hit her up on Twitter saying, Hey, so <laughs> I work at the station you just interviewed in, and I thought they were calling my name. Uh, yeah, you had me panicked for a bit. <laughs> I didn't say that. That. Is, that is a power move right there. Like, hey, we have the yeah. same name. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really remember the entire interaction in verbatim because this was like eight years ago. But she ended up, I think she ended up following me on Twitter. Actually, a couple of years later, she a couple of years later, she was like, hey, I'm in College Park, Maryland. I, that's where I went to college, college Maryland, uh, University of Maryland, College Park. Uh, we actually met up like really briefly. We took a we took a selfie together and chatted a little bit, <laughs> which nice. was cool. Like I have, I have. There's like literally no reason that she would know who I am because I'm like <laughs> nowhere near doing anything what she does. And you well, know, don't sell yourself that short. Well, she's she's a very politics person, and I try to stay away from politics as much as possible, at least in journalism. Or do when I, or well, at least on... when I wasn't when I was doing in, when I was doing journalism stuff. Well, you're on batting around now, so you're catching <laughs> yeah. up to her slowly yeah. i mean it's it's, yeah. it's it's taken me eight years but i'm slowly just you know getting moving there. moving getting moving there. my way up into the to the echelon of things really as far as people to share names with it's it's a it's a pretty good story the only other lauren walker i'm aware of is like a, a representative for t-mobile and she runs their twitter account 
So there's like hundreds of and hundreds of tweets of, of from Timo. If you Google Lauren Walker, all the first results are like, hi, yeah, how can I help you with this? I, I see I have issue with the cell phone. Feel free to tag me, dash Lauren Walker. And it's like, <laughs> it's like eight pages of that before you get to anything I do, I do. Yeah, I've never found anybody with my same name. Don't think I ever will. Is your name actually Jane Ost or? Yeah. All right. Ost. Steven has been really dismayed by... Oh me fuck! Oh. Being a being a Giants fan lately. Oh oh, not the not the direction I thought we were going. Cool. Continue. No, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Whatever you're talking, whatever you're thinking of, I'm sure we'll get to there later. But Steven's been really mad about me being a Giants fan lately. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna announce right now that I have switched my bandwagon allegiance. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, and I'd like to announce that right now. So um, one second. Oh, we're putting a hat on. Oh dear. This is like a cause announcement. Oh, oh fuck no off. no. Fuck off. Oh. Dark turn. <laughs> See, okay. Dark turn. Okay, here's the thing, Jane. This is better because it hurts you more than it hurts me. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think this is a fun one, though. Yeah, I just I have to antagonize Steven, like somehow, with everything I do. That's that's mostly my my motivations for most things I it do. It is remarkably um, easy. And you couldn't bring yourself to become a Braves fan. I respect it. For, this is an audio medium. I, I keep forgetting. Jane put on a, a New York Mets hat. But then, then this week they did pick up Robert Stock, though. That's good. We're oh, we're yeah, all a him. big fan of Robert Stock. We we're all we're all rooting for Robert Stock here. So I love how Robert Stock's I guess online reputation changed so much throughout <laughs> the years because there was a time in like 2006, 2007, when he was before Bryce Harper was a thing. He was Bryce Harper, right? Yeah, like he was a like Stock. I don't was, even remember that. Stock was a 14, 15 year old who was already throwing 95 miles per hour and hitting bombs in Southern California. Yeah, he was a prodigy. Yeah, and he had like he had like an early, really early offers from colleges, and he was already committed to USC by the time I guess like by the time he was like a sophomore, junior in high school, something like that. I forget that, but um, the point is like you know he he was he was really good in high school, like when he was 14. He was like a high school. Yeah. Wasn't he just a Cub? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for, for yeah. most of like the season. Like a week yeah. ago? And he, he started against Mets. Yeah. Yeah, he started uh, <laughs> He started against the Mets. The Mets, it was a DeGrom start, and uh, it was the one where they, they pulled DeGrom after like three innings. And uh, Stock, who is a reliever who struggles with control, got, got the start, and they left him out for four innings. <laughs> and then... They pretty much immediately cut him. Ice cold. I guess the Mets liked what they saw. Yeah, they they did. They the Cubs did him pretty dirty. The Cubs. Uh, uh, to tell the to tell the rest of the story, I guess we should clarify. Stock at, after he was a prodigy, which it was a, a fascinating story. He he struggled in the league. He eventually didn't stick around in baseball, and then he was discovered again. I believe through his YouTube videos of him throwing. It was like one of the first guys to be kind of coming from the independent. Uh, leagues back into the game that's not why we know him though uh i don't i don't i don't think we're all <laughs> a couple of us at least got on the stock trip because his brother is a shit poster on twitter with us <laughs> right exactly yes we're yes. worth clarifying anyway that is why robert stock is now a meme uh in uh certain segments of the most online lefty baseball twitter uh, yes. we wish him the best does robert actually listen to this podcast because that god would no be really cool i can't imagine I he does not. <laughs> I don't know, but I bet I bet we could get him on though. We could probably get him on. It'd be worth a try. He could get on like the podcast that all the pitchers do. Like there's like a dozen now of like recent or former pitchers, and he could get on any one of them. So I think we're kind of small fry. So it's worth a try. We could we could ask. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah, we could do it. I'm sure we could. We'll talk to Richard. Over under two months until he gets on the John Boy podcast. 
Oh, under for sure. Especially if he actually right. does well at the Mets. Actually, here's the trick yeah. to get him on. We'd say we're a World of Warcraft podcast. Yes. He's a, he's a famous World of Warcraft player. Ice played that shit for years. Oh, he, he, he we could trick him. Oh yeah. I he, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you, if you follow his Twitter feed, he, it's a lot of a lot of World of Warcraft posting. Well, he's more Korean than I am. Then <laughs> I was never into kind of the kind of. I was. I mean, I wish I played that stuff. But I know I was never. Really, I know I was never into World of Warcraft or League of Legends or uh, not even StarCraft. Never really played. I was that. big into StarCraft. I don't like playing games with people. I think it's really hard to do both, like an online game and like real sports. Like it's it's just my brain can't handle both. Personally, I did one for a long time. Now I do the other. Uh, doing mm-hmm. both is just like that's too much brain power. I can't do oh, it. Oh yeah, Lauren, how how are the Mavs doing? Oh, uh, t- you know, we we got out there and we got our. My softball team uh, got our asses kicked like 22 to 2, but that's fine. We're a development team. Nice. Had fun doing it. Got a couple grounders. We're going to have a pool party next week, which we're all looking forward to more than the games, where we'll probably Love that. lose nice. 20 to something to again. I've seen pictures of Lauren. I want to posting pictures of like the softball field. And I was oh, guessing yeah. that she, she's in like a beer league or something like that it's uh, i should promote it. it's always good to promote it. it's it's cap softball it's the uh dc region lgbt league uh we have like a good three-month season in the summer and then a fall in a fall league uh right afterwards it's uh open to anybody who wants to play it's not you don't have to be gay to be in it but it does help we have a ton of fun we have development leagues if you haven't played softball before we'll bring you along and train you and, and get you to where you're comfortable with it it's a little bit more serious than um a beer league, but a little bit more casual than like a kind of like grown man t- testosterone softball league. But it's slow pitch. It's the easiest thing world to get into, and it's super fun. That does sound fun. I joined my uh, when I studied abroad in Ireland. I joined the university's softball team. Mm-hmm. I kind of got bullied into it by the by the people on the team because they saw my Phillies hat and they're like, "You're American. You like baseball. You need to join now." <laughs> I went to precisely one practice, uh, but I kept going to the. <laughs> to the like pub meetups and that was very special i'm in a baseball beer league here in seoul and it's mostly oh, cool it's mostly foreigners well mm. i want to it's like mostly american foreigners there's there's like few canadians one british guy it's, it's mostly american and canadian but they're also like mm-hmm. but like the entire thing i, I would say is like 80 percent foreigners and like 20 percent koreans and it's it's a lot of fun this weekend is actually the finals so we have we play the semifinals and finals, and uh, we each team is also sponsored by a bar. So no, we, we oh, do the same thing. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So it's 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 real, it's a lot of fun, and uh, uh, and a couple of weeks later we have a banquet. Uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to, and not really looking forward to at the same time because <laughs> everyone gets everyone I, looking forward to it because it's a huge social thing. Not looking forward to it because I, um, everyone gets trash. Good. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love about that? <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, I'm in. Is it is it a wood bat or or, or a metal bat? Oh, uh, it's mostly metal. You can use wood, but um. Why would you? Yeah, when yeah, you have you... the when you have the competitive advantage of using a metal bat, why would you yeah. a wooden bat? That's a thing. Right. <laughs> so speaking of also our lefty Twitter shit poster uh, relievers. I did get to see Sean Doolittle at a game this week. Oh hell yeah! How'd that go? Uh, went to a, went to a Twins Red game. Twins Reds game. It was my first game back. Uh, my first time back in the the ballpark since since COVID hit. Uh, and God, that felt good. It felt so good to to go to a game again. But I do feel kind of bad because I I heckled Sean um, and then he uh, gave up the lead. Oh. So. 
That's on oh, you. Yeah, you caused it. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. That was all you. It was all my fault. He gave he gave up the, the lead in the tenth inning. That man's a free agent after the season, Jane. You need to use your powers more responsibly than that. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll work on it after this. But yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well. So this week in uh, in MLB, it's been kind of fun because it's the well, st- it's been very stupid and fun because this is the first week that they're uh, having umpires check players for foreign substances. Um, I'm sure everybody by now has seen the, you know, clips of Sergio Romo pulling his pants down. The number of people who have tagged me in that on Twitter <laughs> is very yeah. large, and I appreciate every single one. I love <laughs> how powerful my brand is. Thank you. Keep it coming. Uh, Max Scherzer getting very indignant. Um, about being checked, which is funny because like he's one of the like primary guys <laughs> named by the uh, by Bubba, the Angels um, clubhouse attendant <laughs> who is making sticky stuff for people uh, for for pitchers. And and Stephen, I'm sure that you saw Joe Girardi cover himself in glory. I I do not recognize that name. <laughs> that 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 is the name of a war criminal who needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. What the fuck is his deal? Like, why Why is he doing this? He's the biggest fucking dumbass that has ever dumbassed. I think <laughs> I think what happened, I think the actual problem is that the Phillies managerial position is uh, irrevocably cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all of Gabe Kapler's stupid and uh, ridiculousness stayed. And now Girardi is just absorbing it and giving in to his worst impulses because the man, the man is a fucking idiot he brought david hale in today in a bases loaded situation and it went exactly as you would expect it to i just i'm so fucking tired of him send him away i don't care where if i can quickly draw a comparison to the uh contemporary politics i i think the phillies position is a lot like the mayor of new york city where it's a job where you kind of take it at the end of your career knowing you're you're doomed to failure Everybody will hate you, and uh, you will do a bad job no matter what you do because it's an impossible task. <laughs> I'll manage the Phillies. Very know. topical. <laughs> yeah, very topical. Yeah, um, I'm sure plenty of New Yorkers, you know, put Joe Girardi on their ranked choice votes <laughs> vote ballots this. Send week. him back to New York. Yeah, they deserve him. They apparently like him. <laughs> they, they can, can have back. him. <laughs> you mentioned David Hill. I I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad for him that he's in the major leagues because this man was in Korea years ago really mm-hmm. yeah he, huh. he and it and he was a miss he's signed mid-season so means that well it was the hanhua eagles they they had two pitchers they had two pitchers four two foreign pitchers they had um uh kiva samson and jason wheeler uh-huh. uh, jason wheeler former minnesota twin i think jane i don't know if you i don't mm-hmm. know if you remember mm-hmm. him samson did well samson did well um wheeler struggled so they released wheeler and they brought in Hale and Hale actually ended up becoming like their number one starter for a playoff series. And uh, Hale did well overall, but uh, they they didn't resign him for one reason or another. So he went back to the Yankees. And when he went back to the Yankees, he had like a bit of a velocity bump. So 
key. That means that he had more staying power in within the Yankees and in the major leagues. So I'm glad that he's been still kicking it. Absolutely. That, level. that actually, yeah. if, if if I can segue into a, the, one of kind of the first question I have, um, it, it's and and maybe about the KPO because I'm really kind of I've been curious about this for a couple of years now, uh, and maybe this is an off base is just kind of speculation. It seems like there's been a trend lately of MLB poaching talent that had previously gone to the KPO uh, back to the MLB. Like it's happened a couple times now uh, with different starters, especially seem to come over um, back after kind of a mid league career in the U.S. and then doing great over there and then being brought back. That seems like a newer trend to me. Maybe I'm off base there, but has that changed how um, uh, those players are, are perceived in the league, how teams compete for them or what the teams expect for like signing them for a couple of years? Does that change uh, how the KBO deals with um, bringing in like foreign talent? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when they're bringing in players, obviously, uh, I mean, in the past, it was much easier to get like the older guys, maybe in like the 30s or, or mm-hmm. mid, late 30s. Um, More like end of their career, kind of. Pre- pretty much, you know, looking their last paycheck in baseball. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, um, you, you're starting to see more guys in their 20s who maybe couldn't break into the uh, major league roster consistently, but they don't want to get stuck in minors for obvious reasons. But And if you come over to Japan or Korea, you're making a lot more money than you're you are when you're in AAA. Absolutely. And playing at a bigger spotlight. Yeah, I would say it's much, it's definitely much more about money. Like, let's be real. Yeah. And I, I totally, totally get it. And mm-hmm. they have, so, so a lot of them have family to support. A lot of them are maybe starting a family or a lot of them are at the stage of their career where they know that they're entering their physical prime, but they don't want to get stuck in the minors. So that has resulted in guys like, I think a really good example that has happened in the literally this past year was chris flexen um, yeah 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 i saw yeah i remember his name flexen always i feel like he's had talent to be in the major league even when he was stuck in the mets minors but obviously with the mets pitching rotation being stacked i'm just pandering to my host jane right here by the way <laughs> oh yeah um, long long time mets, mets fan super here. fan yeah very yeah. serious about uh, about the Mets, not just trying to antagonize. Love Steven. the Mets, love the Mets, but uh, love the Mets, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. Flexing just couldn't break into that, you know, that Mets pick, Mets pitching depth, and ended up signing with the Tucson Bears. And I think just having, you know, having a consistent playing time in a bigger spotlight really did well for him. Mm-hmm. Like towards the end of the year, he actually his command improved. Like he was. You know, t- earlier in the year, he like he was like a pitcher in the KBR earlier in the year, but he was, you know, once in a while he would just throw a cookie down the middle and he would give him tank. Mm-hmm. But um, later in the year, he was hitting corners. Even even if major league teams didn't have their scouts watch, go to their game, go to the KBO games last year, you still have videos and used uh, the teams had their way of getting data from the KBO. Mm-hmm. So they've been able to monitor him like that, and the Mariners signed into a major league contract and he's worked out really well so far i think he actually drew a pretty good outing against the rockies yesterday nice good for him mm-hmm. that's really cool so that's a that's a prime example of a young guy coming to korea and um, helping the team win and helping himself by performing and you know uh-huh. and earning a contract back to the major leagues or you know and then there are guys who are playing who play well enough in korea but not quite well enough not quite well enough to like you know get like a big league deal back in america but mm-hmm. they still make money here absolutely and i, I every now and then it does seem to work out like I, I um i could be wrong because i don't remember exactly where he is now but aaron alther for the nc dinos is one that i remember watching a lot um last season 
Uh, and I, yes. I, I think he kind of struggled. Is that still? I, I haven't really followed what happened to him since last year. Oh, he did struggle early last year, but after that, I mean, he's taken off. Um, uh, I'm actually looking up his stats right. I know that he did well right last year, but he's looking at the, his stats right, right now. He had uh, 31 home runs. Uh, his rated run plus rated run created plus is 123.7 last year. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and right now he's still having having a good season. I mean, he had he didn't have that slow start as he did last year. Oh, he's WRC plus is 134.4, and and you know they've been pretty they've been they've been happy with him with the. Uh, you know his defense. Uh, he's a pretty good center fielder. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got long levers and he's speedy and he hits for power. Um, he's, you know, he gets on base. He can hit base hits. That's, all, I guess, like you know, they. I think he's turned out to be a player that the Dinos were envisioning when they first signed him. Awesome. My Dinos. <laughs> this is a pro Dinos podcast. Yeah. Yes. This is dinos we podcast. we all took the the. We, we were all on board the Dinos train last season when the KBO kind of was the only game in town for baseball fans in the U.S. And uh, I, I still try to follow along as best I can. I, I still uh, see him on Instagram all the time and, and check up and, and try to catch every now and then. And I also really like um, a shout out to Justin Choi, who's been doing like a monthly update uh, for fan graphs on what's going on in the KBO. Mm-hmm. That's been like a cool way to stay in touch for U.S. fans who don't really have a connection otherwise. Uh, are there other places that you'd recommend that like for American fans who want to keep following but the ESPN deal seems to be kind of over. It's a little bit harder to watch. Is Are there like ways for U.S. fans that you'd recommend to kind of stay involved? My KBO, the guy, his Twitter account mm-hmm. got suspended. I don't know how long that's going to stay that way. Um, oh, I, I followed him. I didn't even notice. What the hell? Yeah, he got, yeah. I mean, he messaged me as as soon as he got suspended. Tell me exactly. It was like a stupid copyright thing. Uh, of course. Yeah. Is, is Twitch still airing KBO games? I'm I'm like the worst person to ask this person <laughs> ask this right now because I you know I live literally in Korea so I'm I have all yeah. the privileges like I uh-huh. can just literally turn on the TV or I don't really have, yeah. I don't really have to use a VPN. We'll like that up and see if we can still find him on Twitch. That was that was uh, far and away the best way to watch him. Last year my thing was because they wouldn't let you see the it was like region locked when the game was live, but at, like for the replay you could just watch it whenever so. Back when I was like jonesing for baseball and MLB was still shut down, I'd just like wait for the game to end and then throw it on while I was working in the morning. It's pretty sick, honestly. Yeah, it looks like uh, the KBO Twitch account hasn't streamed in like six months. Oh, that's a bummer. That is. Well, how is the season going? I I uh, I I looked up little little research in advance, and I see like the Dinos are like kind of hanging around five hundred right now, and um, the in that. In that league, the Twins are good, rather than here where the Twins are god-awful. <laughs> uh, how's it been? Has it been a good season so far? It's been. It's definitely been fun to follow because, um, well, the top six teams are, at least for a while, like right now the Dinos and the Tucson Bears are 5.5 five games back from the first place. But for a while, like they were like three games back from the first mm-hmm. place. So Pretty competitive. You know, and, you know, in the end of the season, you have – only five teams making it to the postseason so uh, there's not been a lot of parity between the first and sixth place teams and which is fun to see because you know that means that really intense um, pennant race hopefully going down the stretch as well like right now I don't really have a fandom in baseball not even the major league baseball so you know I like being a I, I, I've learned that I've, I've learned to really enjoy being a you know third party neutral observer 
Mm-hmm. So that is you know. that is what I aspire to be. I'm trying to murder. I'm trying to <laughs> strangle my my team fandom in its crib. Well, I'm curious because yeah. I, I I'm definitely the same way. Uh, that's what you kind of picked up while you're working in a front office because I know a lot of front office people have kind of said similar things about like when you're when you're doing it from that yeah. perspective, it's a lot easier to kind of take a, the bigger picture than to have the fandom for the one team. I never even thought about it even as a bigger picture. I would say it happened mostly because. Once I started working for a team, I also had to start talking to people from different major league baseball teams. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know that you know that like Stephen knows very well that I used to be a Yankees fan, like big Yankees fan. But <laughs> but right now we're glad you got better. My, but you know, once I started to work for a team, and once I started getting to know people, you know, all all across the uh, major league baseball, like one of my closest, I guess, like one of cl- friends. He, I don't know. It's like colleagues in baseball. He's he actually works for the Red Sox, you know. <laughs> and now, I mean, now I know people from Mets, Mets as well. And it just it just becomes more of like a business interaction kind of thing. And you really don't want to favor a team over another. Absolutely, and it's it's that risk of yeah. like yeah, something you, something you love becomes your job. You you love it differently, kind of thing. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah. So and to be honest, I mean. I, I guess like I, some people just really burn out just working in baseball because they just want to go be back being a fan. Or sometimes you work in something that you love too much that you just, you know, cannot take it anymore. But I, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy being in the industry, so it's definitely worth I guess losing a fandom, if you will. What were so which, I, I mean I know, but um, what team were you working for and what were you doing for them for context? Yeah, sure. I was working for. The Lotte Giants of the Career Baseball Organization, and my business card says that I was an associate at their research and development uh, mm-hmm. team. And is that not what you were doing? It it is. I, I can go. I can go a bit go a bit more into it. But my role was very unclear within the team because, mm-hmm. well, I was the I was the guy in the front office who can do all the English language related stuff, which mm-hmm. had this. Which had its good side and also not so good side. And good side was that I was involved in everything foreign player related, like signing, scouting, all that kind of stuff. That was that was a lot of fun, and that's literally what they had me do when I first joined the team. Like I had no prior experience in working in sports, period. Like all I did was writing mm-hmm. or shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> both both and, valid entries into the into the sport. We, we're not going to disparage either true. of those. Is totally valid roads toward the front office. Yeah. But you know, as soon as I, um, as soon as I joined the team, like they didn't really give me a time to give time for me to get a breather. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, we're signing you foreign players. You're you're gonna have to email all the agents. So that was fun. That was also really nerve wracking. I didn't get a lot of sleep around the time. Um, I had to watch a lot of videos. I had to send a lot of emails at, you know, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., or mm-hmm. make calls at around the time because, you know, obviously the time zone is different because I was talking to American agents. Right. Front off, the front office had, had he, I mean, every, every front office people have different styles on this. I mean, they happen to be a little more like, you know, everything had to be picked up in a very fast, quick pace. Really so, hit the ground running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, eventually, so every KBO team is allowed to have three foreign players, and eventually we signed, uh, we 
replace all the old ones into uh for to new three new players um everything i guess at the time worked out really well and i'm not gonna say who it is but um i had a big input on signing one of the guys uh hell yeah which, that's really yeah, cool which, yeah i'm not gonna say who it is i'm not gonna say which player it is but i'm pretty that, that's like something that i'm really proud of absolutely mm-hmm. well like yeah. there's so few opportunities in life in general where our work really gets to where we get to see our work reflected in like this much bigger picture grander thing than our ourselves like you know like a day job is typically like well maybe your other coworkers around you care but it's rare that you get to feel like you're actually part of something like baseball where you have a real history with it that is cool yeah it is very it is also very nerve-wracking like until like it, absolutely like like this guy was the, this player was the last guy we had to we or we signed to finish wrap up the uh, foreign player signing but even even down to the wire um we had other candidate candidates of players that mm-hmm. we could have looked into so i was a little really uneasy about that and until we until i got the word that we are officially signing this particular player mm-hmm. i i couldn't sleep because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I badly because mm-hmm. oh, i was putting my name out i was like putting my neck out there to sign this player yeah that's gotta be stressful absolutely I, I'm curious, just like, maybe you can't answer because it's, it, it's like a, a, a league kind of thing, but roughly, like, for for three player slots, how many guys did you scout roughly? Like, did the whole team take a look at in terms of, like, what's the potential size of the pool that, that you kind of took a look at? Oh, it's it's actually a huge pool of players. Um, I cannot get too much into how we, how we did that this, that particular offseason because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I joined when the regime, like, the front office regime, like, changed. So, oh sure, new blood, yeah. Yeah, so new blood. So I, I cannot really say how. So you know, we went from, I guess the team went from doing things one particular way, to mm-hmm. a very different particular way. Obviously, there were a lot of videos and stats involved, but um, there are other things, on how teams do these kind of things that, uh, it's kind of hard to. It's it's one of those things that's kind of hard to talk about because like, it's industry kind of stuff. It's like but, a gray um, area about what you can talk about, yeah. Yeah, but I will say that um, after that, um, after the off-season signings, um, I went on FanGraphs or other roster uh, resource pages, and I looked through literally the entire minor league and major league roster. Like I'm talking about like single A, double A, triple A, oh, major leagues. <laughs> so hundreds and hundreds teams. of guys, yeah. And I identified players based on their service time, their age, their career, mm-hmm. and I sorted out everyone that may be looking, that could be looking into going to Asia within a year or two. And I swear, I mean, there were like 100, maybe like 150 to 200 players each. I mean, each on both positional and pitching side. Oh, I'm sure. It's a, it's a wide pull. And anything could happen to these players in a short span of time. So, like, mm-hmm. So you identify a player that you, that you think would fit your team, and then do you what do you reach out to his agent? Yes, I mean sometimes like agents will be very aggressive on marketing certain players. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just not interested at all. They just don't. They just either don't answer or they just kind of like t- tell you. I mean, in one instance, I called an agent about a certain player, pretty good player. I'm not gonna say who it is. He straight up said this player is not going to Asia right now mm, yeah i was this was like when i was like maybe like a month into the job so i was so mm-hmm. i was very surprised that i was getting told off like that by someone who i had never 
talk yeah. to me for and someone that I could be doing business with. Later he apologized later, but um at the time I was like, Oh wow, wow this so this is the kind of thing that I'm going you know, getting myself into. And there are players that the teams are not at all interested, but agents have to do their job, get you know, get their clients of job. So uh you know Wherever they it is, men- yeah. men- mentioned their names and they would say, Hey, please please look at this guy. He he I think we think he'll be a really good fit in your team and go to Korea, but they're not, you know. <laughs> like and I'll be nice as possible. One time one time I had an agent um try to uh, talk me into this one player and uh, he he actually had a pretty good pedigree, I'll put it that way. But um his career and his um shape was not really in his career, his career and uh, his um, recent track records, re- track records are very important, were not really in the realms of what we were looking for. So I was like, hey, so if I write you like this uh, letter or email explaining what we were looking for slash explaining what he would need to do in order to be a better candidate to appeal to Asian teams, would you read it? And he was like, absolutely. So I wrote like a 2000 word essay mm-hmm. on what his client could do to you know become like a better candidate for asia teams that kind of stuff i don't know i just kind of went an extra mile for that well that's really interesting that's really cool i was gonna ask like like mlb has you know baseball has always had that that like the character like that's always supposedly important element of like who makes it forward and what teams look for are there like characteristics that you would look for in a player outside the um baseball statistics like you think they'd be a good like they'd be willing to like be all, all in and, and really embrace it? Or is, is that like a kind of factor you look for as well? Or were you looking strictly at like baseball stats and numbers and what, what translates on the field? It's really, it really differs by people. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously baseball front office has different, a lot of different baseball minds working in there. And it's really about, it is really about finding like the common grounds between those people to make a decision. Um, I'm personally, you know, believe that um, it should be mostly stats. Like if you just look at, I don't know if y'all ever seen like a raw trackman data on an Excel sheet before, but it has a lot of information. Never in my life. Absolutely, yeah. I, I've seen like one or not a ton, but it's it's uh, incredibly hard to follow, even for someone who like like me who thinks I have a pretty good view on on that kind of those kind of numbers. Yes. So one of the reasons why that I respect Baseball Savant website is because they are able to turn all those dizzying amount of numbers into like a very easy to look at form. For everyone to see. Yeah, if anyone listening has uh, has never done it, like turn um put bring up baseball savant like for a game you're watching, and like follow along on it. It's really really interesting all the stuff that's on there. It's fun. I love it. I love doing that. Um. Yeah, I really like doing that. But sometimes I I do think that there's definitely an element that you can pick up on videos that you might not be able to pick up on data. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's like eighty percent, eighty eighty to ninety percent data and ten percent something else. <laughs> And sometimes you ask people that you know about this certain player, like what is it like as a person? Would this person mm-hmm. do well? You know, being possibly being away from their family in like a literally the other side of the world for like six, seven months, because that's not easy to do. Because not not many of these guys had never gone out of America, Canada before. Character is also like a thing that I like to look at, like how 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 this person would do in you know all uncomfortable or different situations. Right. And the culture is also Korean culture, U.S. culture, very different. Is mm-hmm. this, would this person be willing to or be okay with, you know, like um, 
accult acculturating themselves. Uh, wow, that, that's a word that I haven't used in a while. Um, <laughs> acculturating themselves in a very different setting, that kind of stuff. And that those those little things really do add up uh, when you're playing ball in Korea, or Japan, or Taiwan. It's a lot of different things. I asked I asked mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, like one player, I I mean one player. Ooh, I one player that I really liked. I uh, probably asked like 10, 15 people about this one player. So we really did my um, due diligence on mm -hmm. each player that we one we thought about being uh you know pretty serious about signing. Did you sign him? No. <laughs> well, that's no. cool. Like there, there's a thing. Like yeah, there's a thing. Most players we look at. Most players that we look. I mean. Rosters that teams look at, they don't end up in the uh, public rumor mills. A lot mm -hmm. of things happen, like a lot of things do happen beyond close. A lot more things happen in baseball than you think. That's what I also learned working for a baseball team. Yeah, but um, if there is a player that you might think would be going to Asia, or if there's a player that you might think is a fit for a team or whatever, guarantee it. They're thinking about it. They're guaranteed that they're talking about it. They're guaranteed they're going to try to do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, that those kind of stuff don't get really don't really see the light in the public atmosphere public public sphere until like at some at start at certain point i'll put it that way absolutely well what well, 80 20 you mentioned 80 20 is like the ratio that's really interesting because it feels like it's probably really similar to what like any anal analytically minded front office is going to be doing in recruiting players because there's also the buy-in for the are they going to invest in the numbers are they going to invest in the swing change whatever we recommend them uh, i don't know i thought it was like an interesting point um I, I don't know if Stephen or, or Jane have other questions, but uh, I I, uh, I don't want to just talk about how how foreign players handle um, the KBO. I I um, my my personal favorite player on the Dinos is having another great season, and I'm I'm I don't think enough Americans appreciate him or, or are aware of him even after the 2020 season. Um, I don't want to mispronounce his name. I'm, I'm, I practiced it a bunch, but I'm probably still gonna get it wrong. Yuji uh, Yang, uh, like the most fascinating uh, player I, I've seen in a long time. Wait, what's his name again? Sorry. Catcher for the Dinos. Uh, oh, okay. You... Okay. We, uh, yeah, his name is really hard for American, like English speaker to pronounce it. In Korean, it's Yang Yang Ui Ji. Uh, I guess Ui Ji Yang. Yeah. Ui, Ui part really gets people. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna keep practicing. Practicing. It, it's like he's he's 34. He's he's a catcher. He's also a power hitter. He's also a great defensive player. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, it feels like there's a bunch of guys in the league that more American baseball fans should be aware of and engaged in, like, following as best they can. Not just because they might come over to the U.S. someday, but because they're legitimately really cool and interesting on their own. Uh, he was just the one that kind of got me on the dinos. So I was, he seems like having a good season. I was curious if you had any uh, thoughts on, like, him or, or what's going on with that team or, or um, guys kind of like that in the league that more more players should be, more American fans should, like, keep track of. Yeah, I, I want to say there are very few few hitters in the KBO that I think can hit in the major leagues right now, and Yang is Yang is one of them. He was like an eighth round, like eighth round in KBO is very late. It's like oh, wow. the equivalent uh -huh. of it's like the equivalent of being like a twentieth or thirtieth rounder in major league baseball. So he was an eighth round catcher out of high school, and because he knew that he wasn't gonna start at all right away, uh, with the he he was drafted by the Doosan Bears at first. Uh, so you know he got his military service out of the way pretty quickly, came back to the team and won the uh, Rookie of the Year in 2010, and he has he has played pretty good. He was a pretty good catcher slash hitter, but the first you know for, from like 2010 to 2017 and 2018 he just became like a whole another level of mm -hmm. 
hitter. Like he went, I want to say he went from like 110, 120 WRC plus hitter to like 150 or 160 WRC plus hitter. And he's at 190 and, this year, yeah. Yeah, which is ridiculous, by the way. I, I legit think that he can hit in the major <laughs> leagues right now. Um, last last year when I was watching um, a bunch of KBO games, they were all talking about um, Songbom Na. Yeah. As a potential candidate to come over to the to Major League Baseball, how's he been doing? This year, not this year. I mean, not as well. Um, I feel bad for him because 2019. I feel like 2019 was when he should have really been posted and try to go to Major Leagues. But and he was having a good season in 2019, and he tore his ACL. Oh, it was brutal. Like early in the season, early in the season, like he was sliding into third, and he's. I think it was his spikes that got caught on the base, and his Ugh. knee got twisted in a really bad way. And that's brutal. Yeah, he was hit. He was hitting 198 rated runs, created plus WRC plus at that point of the season, and tore his ACL. So I guess they decided to wait wait another year. And then last year he hit well. He did well overall, but um, I don't know how the negotiations went or anything like that. I know they tried, but um, they just mm-hmm. couldn't come up with the deal. Got and it. after this season, after this season, I think he's an unrestrict, unrestricted free agent. So they don't need to, you know, they don't need to give them a posting fee or anything like that. So there's like no extra mm-hmm. money involved in signing him. And he's been hitting fine, like 121 WRC plus. But um, uh, that's not really. I wouldn't say that's really enough to like really wow major league teams into giving him a big league deal, unless you know. So he's got a like. It's really hard to tell a hitter. Like say say the hitter should do better than 120 one WRC plus, but um, you know we're talking about a KBO KBO level guy trying to go to the major league level, so you know I guess you kind of have to. Yeah, like like I, I think I'm looking at the the list here, and there's 25 players over over that WRC plus right now on the Fangraphs leaderboard. So like, the, with the talent coming over, I imagine it's you you really have to be putting up some crazy numbers to get the get the attention get the first level of attention at least i'm sure there's there's teams are scouting up and down but it seems like um any given year you, you need to really be crushing it to especially if like a free agent unrestricted free agent year yeah so the first three in the wrc plus uh those are the guys that i think are like they would hit in major leagues uh, i don't know if you can see i mean lauren what do you who do you see on those first three uh yeah, I'm I'm checking the Fangraphs chart. Um, uh, Yuichi Yang is at the top. Yuichi Yang is at the top with uh, 194. Um, I see um, Baiko Kong at uh, 177 and Jiang Choi at 160. Um, uh, Jung Hu Lee also has for, on the Heroes also has a 160 WRC plus. Interesting. Okay, that's so. I'm looking at a different website. Uh, I wonder WRC if these plus, are I guess. a couple days yeah, out of date. Maybe it is, but um. I'm looking at Statis, which is a Korean website that has advanced their own advanced metrics. So maybe they have a different way of calculating, or maybe like Fangraphs one. I know that Statis updates every day, so maybe Fangraphs one is a little out, of, a little, a little out of date. We'll see. But yeah, Yang, Gong, Beko Gong, and uh, Jung Hoo Lee. Uh, those are the three hitters that I can. And Gong and Lee are young guys. Like Gong, I think Gong was born in like '99, and Lee was born in '98. Oh. oh wow, <laughs> that always feels terrible to hear. I hate that. <laughs> I know that I know that major league scouts have been looking at them for a long time, so you know expect to hear their names a little more often in the 
maybe in the ne next couple of years because Lee's gonna be eligible to be posted after 2023. And Gong, if he were to go to major leagues, 2024, I think 2024 is when he can be posted. Interesting. Um, Yang is a, well, he's, he's, so he's a free agent after next year and mm -hmm. he's already up, he's already getting into his mid thirties and he's a catcher. So I then so I think a team's gonna, teams may have a different assessment on how to evaluate foreign catchers and how they might be able to communicate with, in a different language with a bunch of pitchers. So that'll be interesting on how they assess his value. But absolutely, unless if they're actually like you know willing to offer him like a one year, four or five million guaranteed deal, I think it's very. I think there's a very slim chance that he would actually you know consider going to major leagues because if he stays in Korea, he's still getting millions for like multiple years. So that's more um, guaranteed financial security for him. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Do you think he'd take a D? I know he DHs sometimes, um, just to, uh, that's my understanding, DHs every now and then to kind of keep his, his legs fresh. Do you think he'd take like a DH deal if like the Rangers or someone offered him like $5 billion to be a full time? I cannot say for sure because I don't know, I don't know the guy in person. Like that's the only way that I would know is if I ask him like right up. Right. Straight up. But, he he yeah. struck me as like a gamer when I was watching a bunch of him. So I don't know if it seemed like the kind of guy who really loved being behind the plate, but. I don't know. It's always kind of interesting how that stuff evolves. But the reputation with him is that he's a he really knows how to call the game. Mm -hmm. Like he, he makes pitchers comfortable, and he's also worked with you know like a slew of you know uh, foreign pitchers over the years, like Dustin Nippert for many years. Yeah, I don't know if, oh, if that's sure. a name you remember. Yeah, Dustin Nipp like all those all those Tucson pits foreign pitchers that have come and gone over the years, like even Anthony Schwarzak, um, Michael Bowden. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think of you know some some guys that you remember. Um, we are remembering yeah. some guys. It, it happens in every yeah. episode at some point. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah. Well, cool. Actually, it'd be fascinating to see how a catcher. You're right. It'd be fascinating to see how a catcher with that experience would translate would would come over and how that like the inverse experience almost uh, in terms of like mm -hmm. adapting. Yeah, but for many Korean KBO players, um, going some many of the some of some of the times like going to major leagues not always been about you know money like. It's all. It's most. It's a lot of you know about. Can I play at this level? Can I, like they, you know, if you're an athlete and you get to like a high level, like that means that, that usually means that you have at least some, um, amount of competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, like yeah, I would absolutely. consider major. League, I would. I would consider major league baseball player as, like some of the most competitive like human beings, like in the world. Period. Because don't doubt they, that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they kind of have to be to make it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many roadblocks on the way that filter like tons of people out, which is one of the problems. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you really gotta yeah. you really gotta want it to stick that and stick through it, and also have a ton of lucky breaks as well. Yeah. So you know, as as far as the KBO players go, like it's nice when they get the startup within Korea, but a lot of them do want to you know want to look into like the higher level to see how they would do. Mm -hmm. in you know in the highest level in baseball like you know I've, I've talked to some players off the you know off the um off the record that they would love to go to major leagues someday you know all that kind of stuff when they're eligible and right now um the case like a case, interesting case is uh the guy who's currently in the rangers um system hyunjong yang mm -hmm. because um he's 30 i think he's like 30, he's 33 34 something like that he's 33 he was born in 88 and he's at the he was a he was on a he was like a many time all star. He was an MVP in KBO in 2017, and he did pretty well for himself in the league. And 
pretty much a star there. And 2020, not really his finest year. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was like anywhere really close to being like a regular major league player. Mm-hmm. But um, he's tried to go to major leagues before, just didn't work out. And this past offseason was his uh, was when he was a unrestricted free agent. So, and he couldn't make a lot of money staying in Korea. Uh, but he decided to take a you know deal like a. I think it was either a split or minor league deal with the Rangers. And he got to pitch in the major league level for like uh, several games earlier, but now he's DFA'd, and I, I believe he's right now with the uh, Run Rock, Run Rock Express in AAA. But those those are the kind of risks that players are well aware, well aware of, well aware of, and willing to take. Absolutely. You know, just to uh, challenge themselves. Like if like if you look at Yang, he, his fastball is like 87, 89, and he can throw strikes, but I, I don't I don't really you know see his command to be to be able to compensate for his, you know, stuff because his stuff is, let's be real, it's not really overwhelming, and mm-hmm. his secondary stuff is, it might work in Korea, but he's given up some tank, with his slider in the major league level, you know. So like, I want to see him succeed, but um, you know, the odds are kind of slim. But um, I'm glad that he has been able to get experience in major league level, which you know what he wanted. Maybe there's like a chance that he gets called back up to the major leagues and you know. Sh- sh- be able to showcase himself at that level. Absolutely. And it really, it's, it's a little unfair. Unfair is kind of a complicated word, but like a, a guy like Rich Hill could struggle in the minors for years and years and years, and he has an opportunity as an American player in the American system his whole career to like figure it out that a guy who's coming over at 34 is just not going to get. So it, it is like a little bit of a, it's an extra challenge, I, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 2017, there was a player named, I don't know if you, this was, this might be like a ultimate, like a remember some guy, uh, Jake and Huang with the San Francisco Giants. Um, you know, he was like, Jake Huang is a star in Korea, but I guess like, like when, even when he was doing well in Korea, like, you know, there's a big difference between being a star and, and, and being like a player that scouts, many scouts would think that you're good enough to play in the major leagues. And I guess like, mm-hmm. you know, he had like a bit of a split opinions on, between scouts and uh, he ended up not really getting a major league deal he got a split deal with the Giants which is a lot less money than what he could have had if he just decided to sign with the KU team mm-hmm. he started you know so he signed with the Giants anyways and he had a good he had a really good spring training that year with the San Francisco Giants but they so the word is that he was fully expect fully expecting to um make the uh opening day roster but he didn't he was sent to AAA mm-hmm. he toiled he toiled in the uh Sacramento for a little bit and then they sent him up to the major leagues in like I think it was June or July, and he hit a he hit a home run in the first game, and then that was pretty much like the only big hit that he had in major leagues. So which was mm-hmm. you know I wish I wish he had more chance. I think he he later I think the Giants later signed uh, uh, Pablo Sandoval after he got uh, kicked yes. out. Oh right 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 that one yeah yeah he uh. got after he got released by the Red Sox. Um, Giants signed him, and then Pong never really got a chance to showcase himself in the major league anymore. So he he came back to Korea and got a big deal with KT Wiz, and that's where he's at right now. Well, that's good. What kind of him getting paid? While we're remembering some guys. Oh, here we go. I'm a Twins fan, so um, yeah. what's uh is is Byung Ho Park still playing in uh, the KBL? Yeah, he's still still kicking it. He's still a power hitter there. I really I really was rooting for him, and um, when the Twins front office changed over in 2016 to 2017. They kind of didn't give him a chance, much of a chance. Like he played some at AAA and then, then, then went back to Korea. He had a really good spring training in 2017. 
I yeah I thought for sure that based on that he was gonna make the uh, major league roster, but no, they put him in the uh, Rochester to start the season, and I think yeah, and he and and he was a signing from the previous uh, front office, and I think they were just kind of cleaning house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with a lot of guys. Yeah, I but, do still have his jersey though. Hell yeah, <laughs> he's thirty five now, and he's hitting hundred hundred oh nine. Not bad. Yeah, Yeah. like he's an Mm -hmm. aging slugger who can still hit bombs once in a while, Mm -hmm. but not. not, But you know, back in his prime when he was like 27, 28, he was hitting 180, uh, 190 WRC Oh yeah. But right now, I guess he's still like an yeah, he's still like a pretty nice hitter to have in your roster. But I guess not really as feared as how you he used to be. I don't know. That's I guess that's one way to put it. A good respectable end to his career. Yeah, that's a good way to go out. Well, I I just think it's um like I I I I think it's really cool that like they get an opportunity to go so often go back and keep playing for a couple more years and I I really respect that hustle mindset of like you're grinding to play at the top level of competition. Um, I personally kind of see myself the same way uh, on on baseball Twitter. <laughs> My goal there is to make Keith Olbermann cry. I think that's like the equivalent <laughs> um, baseball Twitter equivalent of of like going going to MLB. You have our undying support in this effort, Lauren. Yeah. I hope you I hope you realize. Sorry, that. I thought of that joke like ten minutes ago, and I had to find a way to work it in. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really good talk. Let's uh, we're we're going kind of long here though, so let's uh, just do two quick questions here. Um, at Pigeon Eyes says the poverty Mets soldiering on. How and is it sustainable? <laughs> um, and I will say this uh, for the is it sustainable part. Yeah, it's sustainable as long as they're in the NL East. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, it's at this point, it's just like who else? The yeah. Braves, the Nats, the Phillies. Yeah, absolutely the Phillies? not. No way. The Marlins. The Marlins don't even warrant commenting. Like no. Yeah, come on. All right, and then the next one uh, at Extra Mad says, "Will the Jesse Winker and Big Dick Nick hype train be derailed by the Reds' dismal bullpen?" Um, yeah, you're watching it happen. It's <laughs> happening right now. Except for Sean. Right. Yeah. Of no. course. Of course. Love a love a rapid fire question segment. <laughs> yep, just knock them out. We don't. Yeah, we don't have time to get into the uh, the players stripping because that'll just be a whole nother hour. For sure, for sure. Um, and we don't we don't need to bring down our our guest that low. <laughs> um, that can be one oh, for cool. when it's when it's just us. We'll talk about that. Just keep that so, in the family. That's a that's a premium. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a premium episode for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or for anyway. our, our, our premium episode on what? Who's the first player to, to whip it out going to be? If if y'all ever have a Patreon, that could be like a you know, golden tier or oh, tier. we're getting oh, exactly, there. we're getting exactly. There. That's the twenty dollar <laughs> tier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Thank you so much for coming on. We yeah. Really thank you. Yeah. That that, was awesome that really ruled. We should. We need more. We need more Asian baseball content because we for we sure. keep. On many episodes, we've mentioned trying to decouple our conception of baseball and MLB being the same thing. We want to look at, like, non-MLB baseball. Uh, so, yeah, it's it was a blast hearing about the KBO. And, yeah, we'll have Absolutely. you on again soon. Well, Isaac, is there anything like, you want to promote or, 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 or like let, let people know about while we got you on? Because people should follow you on Twitter. You're great on Twitter. I don't have a SoundCloud and... I think people who listen to this, I think people who listen to podcasts, maybe probably knows who I am. Like, I'm not, I don't probably. know. I'm not, I'm not really into like self promotion thing anymore because I maybe it's probably because I don't, I'm not really writing or I don't really have an occupation where I need to be constantly just like telling people, hey, read my stuff, you know. Right. Like, 
like even when I'm, I'm I've been on Twitter I guess more than I used to be when I was on baseball team because I just don't really have anything better to do. <laughs> That's the right way That's... to do it. Like if it's not fun, exactly. you're, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, and well, I don't know. Once I start my grad school, like I'll probably just I don't know. I'll just probably post a lot of pictures of New York City or something like that. Oh, okay. visit, yeah. All right, move on. Move along. Move okay. Along. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we will talk to y'all next week. Outro music. Awesome.